0: the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor, and I am so happy that you are joining us again today. So last episode, if you remember, we talked about our Lady Parts, their clinical names, and we identified them with the help of a mirror or our hand when possible. I got so many comments, a lot of comments about not really understanding the difference between the vagina and the vulva before, so I was really happy that we were able to clear that up. But the comments that I loved the most were just about how fun it was or how freeing it was to be able to say these words, use these words, and feel comfortable without whispering. So. I am very happy to hear that. I hope that you continue to use these words to say these words and feel empowered to do so because they are words about you. Today, I'm gonna start with a story. That's something new I wanna try and I can't take credit for this story, although I wish I could. It's something that I heard on the radio several years ago and it was told by the caller as a funny and incredibly embarrassing experience. It's a great way to introduce our topic of the day, Let's set the scene. So there's a young woman and she is going to see her OBGYN for just like a routine run-of-the-mill GYN visit. Fortunately, it is not her first visit and she already has a relationship with her doctor. At this point, they've already gone through the what we call history portion of her visit and she's reviewed all of her concerns and asked her questions and now it's time for her to have her exam. Her doctor completes her neck exam, he listens to her heart and lungs, he performs a breast exam, and then he pulls out the stirrups from the exam table and helps her get into position for her pelvic exam. As per usual, he notices that she is sitting way too far up on the table and she needs to scoop down just a smidge so he can perform her pelvic exam. So He tells her this much. As she moves down the table, she gets a little closer to the edge, and then she asks if she's close enough. No, he replies. She scoots down a little further, uh, excuse me, a little farther. More, she asks. This time, you know, she's not so sure because, you know, it always feels like you're at the edge of the table. No, he replies. Okay, not there yet. She scoots down a little farther and with one final scoot down the table, she overshoots, misses the edge of the table and falls off the table right into the lap of her GYN. Oh my goodness. I know she was mortified. As you can imagine, I don't know her and I am mortified for her. I usually tell this story to make my patients laugh and relax a little as we are getting ready to perform their pelvic exam. However, in this case, I want to use it as a segue into into today's discussion of what to expect at your GYN visit. That is a perfect example of what not to expect. Now let's get into what to expect. While many don't come to the OBGYN until they are 18 to 22 years old, or starting to become sexually active. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists recommends that girls should have their first visit between the ages of 13 to 15 years old. By this time, most have started puberty and it's such an important and such a great time to discuss hormone changes and the physical effects on the body. Also, Many may be having their periods by this time, and that allows us to discuss things like the normal lengths of a period and the normal amounts of bleeding, how many pads and tampons you should be using, and how often. Otherwise, you might end up like I did, believing that everyone's period lasted for two full weeks like yours, and I don't want you to feel like that or end up in that situation. Before your visit begins, You'll probably have your vital signs taken. Your vital signs include your height and weight, blood pressure, temperature, pulse, and pulse oximetry. Each of these has a standard range and can help us determine if any additional counseling or treatment is needed. For example, your height and weight help determine your body mass index, your BMI, which can give us information about your overall health. Your temperature can indicate if you have a fever and need to be tested or treated for an infection. We review all of these measurements during or prior to your exam. Once you are in an exam room, things can happen a few different ways. Your healthcare provider may ask you some questions first, then leave for you to undress and change into a robe or drape. They would then come back and perform your exam. In some offices, you may be asked to change first and then the provider will perform your entire visit at one time. So starting with the questions and then ending with the exam. Some other offices may have you start in a completely different room to get your history and information, and then move you to an exam room for the exam portion of your visit. All of these options are standard, it just depends on the office. During the first part of your visit, oh, you know, let me go back to that. And if you don't feel comfortable in a certain situation, so for example, if you would rather be clothed while you go through the history portion and not undress until it comes time for the exam, you are completely within your right to ask and say, you know, I would prefer to do it this way. And that is perfectly fine. During the first part of your visit, after introductions, your healthcare provider will perform a history. If it's a routine physical exam, they'll ask some general questions about your health, the reason for your visit, and any screening tests you might want. For me, that was always something like, hi, I'm Dr. Hack and welcome to my practice. What brings you in today? Okay, a routine physical, excellent. I'm going to ask you a few questions first, then we'll end with your exam. Feel free to ask any additional questions along the way. So, when was the first day of your last period? Are you on any birth control? Okay, would you like any testing for sexually transmitted infections today? And so there are lots of different variations of that and people have a lot of introductions and introductory questions. That was just the way I kind of like to start my visits. The history all includes questions about any medical conditions you may have and your history of surgeries. We'd review things like your obstetrical history for any history of pregnancy losses, any deliveries, or terminations. Next, we review GYN history, GYN history, including Things like periods, so how old were you when you got your first period? Okay, how often do you get your period? Do you get it like once a month, maybe every 28 days? Do you get it every 30 to 35 days? What's that range? How long does your period last? Okay, is it five days? Is it 10 days? Hopefully it's not 14 days. And how much bleeding do you have? How often are you changing pads or tampons? Um, We also want to know with your GYN history, any history of sexually transmitted infections, any birth controls you're taking currently or that you've taken in the past or other contraception you're using, your pap smear history, have you ever had any abnormal pap smears? Have you ever had a pap smear? And your sexual history. Some of these questions can seem intrusive. They really can, especially giving them to a stranger but they are all a part of your standard GYN visit. So I just want to give you an example of a very typical line of questioning. Once we get to your GYN sexual history portion, are you sexually active? Okay. Are your partners male, female, both, neither? Do you use any kind of protection? And then once we've gotten those answers, I might say, you know, do you have any concerns about sex, any concerns about pain or anything like that? A patient actually once thanked me for how I handled her responses. As someone in a polyamorous lifestyle, she was used to doctors having a certain type of response to her answers, and I simply, you know, I asked my questions, I documented her responses, and then just discussed how we could make sure that she could continue her activities safely. As your providers, our job isn't to judge you. Our job is to facilitate your lifestyle, ensuring that you can safely continue your activities as long as they are consensual and legal, period. That's it. Once we've gathered all of this information from your history, we'll ask a few questions about your family's medical history. Are there any chronic conditions like high blood pressure, diabetes, any history of cancers like breast cancer, ovarian cancer, colon cancer, who, when? Um, We also want to know what medications you're taking, if any. Birth control, hormones, vitamins, supplements, over-the-counter medications like aspirin, motrin, Tylenol, All of these are important to mention, as well as your allergies. Do you have any allergies to foods or medications? And yes, that latex allergy is very important to mention. Once we've gone through the whole history it's time for your exam. I always like to start from the top and move towards the bottom. So I start with a neck exam to check your lymph nodes and your thyroid or um, your thyroid organ. Next, I listen to the heart and lungs and then perform a breast and abdomen exam. This is the perfect time for you to mention any tender areas, any pain you might be experiencing, or any masses that you felt if you haven't already mentioned them. Sometimes people mention things about moles or scars or discolorations, all of that is fair game. Once these exams are completed, it's time for the pelvic exam. The pelvic exam consists of three parts. We do an external visual exam, so we look at the vulva, And if you have a concern about something or a lump or something like that, we might feel the vulva as well. An internal visual exam with a speculum, and that allows us to look at the walls of the vagina, to look at your cervix, and to look for anything concerning or out of place and an internal exam with a gloved hand. And so that would allow us to feel your uterus, the size, the position, and if you have something like an enlarged ovary or something like that or an ovarian cyst, we can sometimes feel that as well. Again, This is a good time for you to mention any related concerns if you haven't already. And during that part of the exam, we'll also perform a pap smear if you need one or any STI testing that you desire from the pelvic exam. Your history and exam will be more focused if you have a specific complaint. For example, I might not review your family history in detail or perform a thyroid exam if you have a complaint about something like vaginal discharge. However, I may ask more detailed questions about your vulvar and vaginal symptoms and perform a more detailed pelvic exam with different kinds of tests. Once your exam is complete, we'll review your concerns and answer any additional questions you may have. You may have started with some or some might have kind of come up as we did your exam or as we are talking. During this time, I also like to perform any additional counseling, like what to do if you're trying to or trying not to get pregnant, or review some ways to manage your hot flashes. We'll discuss any exam findings and any associated follow-up that you need, like an ultrasound or a referral to a specialist. We'll also discuss any labs that should be completed. When we are all done, we'll also communicate with you on how we'll follow up on your results and how you can follow up with us if you have any additional questions. Hopefully, this was helpful preparation or at least a helpful review of what to expect at your next visit. They won't all be the same, And this is just a guide. Your relationship with your OBGYN or other healthcare provider is sacred. I repeat, it is sacred. And you should feel completely comfortable being yourself and discussing your concerns. You should feel heard and validated. If you don't, please find a provider who allows you to do so. Remember, nobody knows you like you. Until next time, this is Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor. Take care.